emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into this. And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Michael Nimmons, and August 4th is our next opportunity in Michigan to get things right in Washington. Let's take the time now and do our part. Vote August 4th. Is your voice your vote. Make it count. Go to whenweallvote.org for more information. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. 
Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemens. And you're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. Welcome to yet another Tuesday edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're calling this a prelude to the primary. That's right. We are one week away from our August 4th primary right here in the state of Michigan. And you heard in the commercial that we just played uh, to start the show this is michigan's next opportunity to get things right in washington i hope everybody that's listening on tonight is registered to vote in michigan i hope you're registered to vote wherever you are in fact i hope you are registered to vote we've got to make some changes in washington we're going to be talking more about that in um some of the segments that we have uh upcoming uh during tonight's show we're going to kick off tonight talking about the midterm or primary election coming up August 4th. Some of the races that we're keeping our eyes on locally. And, of course, we're talking about the national um, presidential election that's going to be taking place in November. Of course, this, again, is Michigan's opportunity to um, you know make their uh, selection We'll make our selection on August the 4th. And um, we already know that uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the two uh, uh, major candidates from the Democratic and Republican side that will be running for the office of president of the United States. So uh, we're going to be talking more about that in the next segment. And then uh, we're going to follow that up with um, talking about uh, Donald Trump's uh, threats against uh, schools reopening and uh, withholding funding in, in, uh, from the federal government uh, if schools do not uh, fully reopen. Is he able to do that? We want to get into that and also give you our thoughts about that as well. Plus, we're going to round out our three topics, talking about the NBA, the NFL, and of course, baseball. These leagues will be coming back very soon. And NBA is doing something very creative. We're going to be sharing with you uh, as well during tonight's show. Guys, we've got a great show in store for you. And plus, uh, we're closing tonight's show out with a dynamic thought of the week from one of the premier preemptive intellectuals of our time, Dr. Freddie Haynes, pastor of Friendship West Baptist Church. He delivered a message. I'm going to share an excerpt of that. Since we are woke, now let's do the work since we're woke now let's do the work a great man of god can't wait to share that message to you it is one i think that would encourage us not just spiritually but even naturally as we get ready to go to the polls and vote so guys again we've got a great show in store for you remember to follow us on facebook at thinking out loud facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show uh, on twitter and instagram at TOL radio host msn guys we would love to hear from you want to welcome our praise fm listeners detroit praise fm again shouts out to all of the radio hosts on detroit praise network uh erica campbell griff 
um, uh, my good friend uh, Randy Miles, uh, uh, Willie Moore Jr., uh, Darlene McCoy, uh, Donnie McClurkland. The list goes on and on. Shouts out to all of the dynamic uh, people at Praise FM. We so thank you so very much for embracing us and to you, the listeners of Detroit Praise Network that are tuning into tonight's show. We truly appreciate each and every one of you. We hope that you will share uh, the Thinking Out Loud radio show with some of your friends, co-workers, neighbors, relatives, and the like. Remember, you can listen to us on all the major podcasting networks, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere, including our own website, michaelnimmons.com. So guys, do us a favor, and uh, as you see these posts on social media, share these posts about uh, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We hope that you're enjoying our show, and we want others to enjoy it as well. So do us a favor and share these posts on your timeline, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We would be greatly appreciated if you do. Also, guys, we are truly excited to announce that uh, in August, this marks the third anniversary of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Three years, guys. We cannot believe it. We have been broadcasting the Thinking Out Loud radio show for three years years and uh, we truly appreciate each and every one of you those of you who are day ones that have been listening ever since the beginning August the 8th 2017 we are here and um, we're going to be uh, dedicating the entire month of August to uh, the anniversary of the thinking out loud radio show so we thank you guys so much for tuning in we're working on some things for the month of August we hope that you'll stick with us again we'll be celebrating the entire month of August, the third anniversary of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep that in mind. We're working on some things and we will definitely keep you posted on what's going on on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. That's why it's important to subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Make sure that you like our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. Follow us on social media so you don't want to miss anything that we have coming up on the Thinking Out Loud radio show well guys we're going to take our first break of the night when we come back we're getting into our discussion of the august 4th primaries right here in the state of michigan it's our next opportunity to get things right in washington you don't want to go anywhere you're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online it's the thinking out loud radio show we'll be right back You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Thinking out loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. 
Stephanie D. Sanders, award-winning singer, songwriter, author, voiceover artist, and more. Heard on shows like the Time Joyner Morning Show and the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Book Stephanie D. Sanders to voice over your podcast or radio intros or commercials. Do yourself a favor and visit stephaniedsanders.com and upgrade your podcast or radio show by booking Stephanie D. Sanders. You'll definitely be glad that you did. Black to the bone, to the core, to the root. I am to America a very strange fruit. Born from a tree nearly wilted from its traps into a world content with racial labeling and criminal profiles. I search for truths that have been withheld from books produced to tell history. And it's a mystery how they missed me or people like me when our backs were broken from building this country and our hands were calloused from sowing seeds upon which men and women would bleed and still not be freed for another 300 years. I believe some mothers still cry those slaves' tears because fear and anger run deep and get passed down through generations like heirlooms. And in the heirlooms, the stench of discrimination as this nation falls deeper into complacency, denying black beauty and black pride. Black lives really do matter. Here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you to believe who told you that you were naked is a dynamic empowering and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have pastor nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the garden of eden you don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis but the discovery of the spiritual solution Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. If you believe in social justice, if you believe that black lives matter, if you believe that voting will bring about a change in November, if you believe that Jesus Christ is king, then you need to be listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I'm radio host Michael Nemens, and if all of your answers are yes, then you need to join me Tuesdays at 8 p.m. on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, available everywhere you listen to your podcast, including michaelnemons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Now to a new installment in our Backstory series, where we aim to provide you with substantive reporting about one key figure in this presidential campaign, totally apart from all of that punditry or horse race coverage. And we are eyeing this race at a time of mounting expectations about Joe Biden's running mate. He's been talking up a ticket, offering gender and potentially racial diversity, while others are demanding it. 
admit that I will, in fact, appoint a, I pick a woman to be vice president. Among them, there are four black women. Do you have to have someone who you know? Kamala Harris fit that role? I think so. A black woman running me is necessary. Some of us are wanting to see a black woman on the ticket as vice president. We believe that the vice president must choose a black woman. Joe Biden saying his shortlist does include four black women. And our series will be reporting on several of these potential contenders, beginning right now with one of them, his very recent rival, Kamala Harris. She's nationally known for her presidential run, but Harris is actually very new to national politics. In fact, it could be easy to forget right about now with everything that's gone on, but Harris just entered the U.S. Senate in the most recent presidential cycle, winning her first federal office the same night as Donald Trump won the White House. Kamala Harris will replace uh, fellow Democrat Barbara Boxer as the next U.S. Senator from the Golden State. I have now confirmed that Secretary Clinton has conceded to Donald Trump. There's one star who hasn't been talked about tonight who is going to be talked about a lot, and her name is Kamala Harris. What Donald Trump is offering in terms of policy is as radical a departure from normal American politics as anything that has ever happened in any of our lifetimes. That was November 8th, 2016, remember it? Harris has been in federal office just as long as Trump. The bulk of her career and a key reason she's on this shortlist stems from her many more years as a prosecutor. And she's spoken about how her upbringing as the daughter of two immigrant parents informed her views. She went to Howard and then University of California Law School and went straight to work in a DA's office. And she jumped into a 2004 race against the incumbent San Francisco DA at a time no black woman had ever been a DA across California's 58 offices. Harris won, pledging public safety and smart on crime policies, drawing national notice. There's a great district attorney in San Francisco whose name is Kamala Harris. She's, she's brilliant, she's smart, she doesn't look anything like anybody you ever see on Law & Order, yet she's tough and she's got a big future. They call her the female Barack Obama. Back then, there was plenty of political pressure to be tough on crime. That's a context to keep in mind because things have been shifting fast in the years since. And Harris appeared to walk a lot, stressing support for law enforcement and crime fighting while also condemning police brutality and racism. It is a myth to say that African Americans don't want law enforcement. We do. We want our grandmothers to be able to walk to church and be safe. We want our babies to be able to walk to the park and be safe. What we don't want is racial profiling. What we don't want is excessive force. What we don't want is to have our civil liberties and civil rights be stripped. But we do want law enforcement. In office, Harris also pushed some tough enforcement policies, like threatening to jail parents if their children missed school. We will be prosecuting. In cases where we find that uh, there are parents who are not allowing or sending their children to school. And Harris went from being the only black female DA in that blue state, again out of 58, to becoming California's first black female AG, a barrier-breaking rise. And statewide office spurred talk of higher political prospects. The Senate? The White House? And this is where Harris's career is especially nuanced. Navigating those legal offices is different than the progressive pressures in the very blue state or the National Democratic Party, which has been under pressure to revise its past embrace. As you probably know, 
of now controversial crackdowns and crime bills. But let's be clear. For decades, Democratic politicians have invoked prosecutor credentials and tough on crime stances with very little blowback. While recently, Harris and other Democrats have faced criticism for now being part of a system that jails more people per capita than most countries on earth, including a disproportionate number of poor people and people of color. As DA, Harris touted rising conviction rates, and she shared her own pride at policies that she said were sending more people to prison. Now, Harris's allies say the job here for prosecutors is to win cases they bring, not lower conviction rates. Critics say she was wrong to emphasize prison when a core reform is pushing alternatives to prison for many of these offenses. Now, it's worth noting how some of these issues were viewed at the time. Harris's conviction rate and some of those policies were touted by some as a plus. With a 90% conviction rate, superstar prosecutor Kamala Harris made history when she was elected California's first African-American female district attorney. San Francisco District Attorney Kamala Harris is great to have you with us. San Francisco District Attorney Kamala Harris started breaking ground the moment she stepped into office. So it's worthwhile for accuracy to see how everyone from Oprah to recruiters were looking at that then. But now and recently, you have progressives who argue that Harris's record makes her an imperfect vessel for today's reform agenda and insists she can't simply name herself a progressive prosecutor when running for higher office. They have examples. They point to her fighting a losing battle as AG to keep a wrongfully convicted man in prison after a judge ordered his release. And to a then 25-year-old reality TV contestant from Oakland, Jamal Trulove, whose Harris's office convicted for murder. He was facing up to life in prison. But that case had some key holes. No physical evidence. Over 20 witnesses allegedly saw the victim die, but there was no eyewitness able to clearly identify him. And when one person identified a potentially different person as a suspect, detectives allegedly pressed them back on whether maybe it was still that defendant, Trula. Why am I telling you all this? Because the facts matter. Judges found prosecutors did fabricate information and mislead the jury and committed highly prejudicial misconduct, leading to a rare reversal of a murder conviction. In another trial, a jury found police detectives were making up evidence and hiding things that would have helped him show his innocence. A jury gave him $13 million. True Love himself spoke out about how it felt to have Harris signing those briefs against him. You see Kamala Harris' name at the bottom. And now it's starting to feel a little personal. I'm not necessarily saying I'm looking for an apology. But some acknowledgement from her that she could have messed up would be, of course, that would be huge. That's a single case that drew scrutiny, but there are others, including a judge finding other mishandling of evidence that led to hundreds of cases tossed. Now, Harris's allies argue any government lawyer will lose some cases and have rulings against their handling of evidence sooner or later, especially over time in appeals. Harris herself points to her own reform agenda, citing racial bias training for law enforcement on that when she had those jobs, improving the tracking of police killings, and launching a program to help some drug offenders get jobs that sparked others around the nation. Now, as Biden considers Harris during this reckoning for race and police in America, she also makes an argument that you might be hearing again soon if she were picked. The idea that almost any prosecutor's office will face these criticisms, okay. But she asked, do progressives and minorities and civil rights advocates want to be on the inside to make these tough calls or not? When we want to change and reform systems, 
We should also be on the inside where the, where the decisions are being made as a way to make change. If I decided to go up the rough side of the mountain, I do realize that. I do realize that. Prosecutors have an incredible amount of power. Don't we want that the people who are making the decisions are also the people who attend our church, who, whose children play with our children? Don't we want that? Are we saying that we should not be prosecutors? These are real dilemmas to think through. Anyone rushing to tell you they have it all figured out one way or the other might not have done enough of the thinking. And we should also know that Harris faces all this pretty much head on. When we partnered on a candidate forum on prison reform inside literally an old prison, you see there Harris showed up. And when several other candidates didn't, she walked in with us. She spoke to formerly incarcerated people there. I am the only person on that debate stage who has dedicated their life to reforming this criminal justice system. There are a lot of people who have language now about it, but I would ask you to challenge them, to tell, ask them what have they actually done to reform the criminal justice system, and then I will have more of a conversation with you about my record. That was our argument there. We show you it here so you can think about it in the context of what you just saw in the way that she approached both tough, harsh, and smart on crime policies. Now, beyond even those specific issues, when Kamala Harris did enter the Senate, boy, she has often shined in the same role that some are objecting to when you think about it, as a tough, no-nonsense prosecutor. It's a really specific question. I would like to know the person you're thinking of, because what if there's... I think you're thinking of someone and you don't want to tell us. Has the president or anyone at the White House ever asked or suggested that you open an investigation of anyone? Yes or no, please, sir. The president or anybody else. Seems you'd remember something like that and be able to tell us. If I could just read this. Oh, but no, please don't, because I actually have read it, and I'm sure most have. My question is very specific. It's a yes or no, please. Thank Sir, you. I have I mean, just a few. Will you let me quiet? I'm not able to uh, be rushed this fast. It makes me nervous. Democrats are certainly looking for someone who makes Trump officials so nervous they admit it under oath. Now, the Biden campaign is vetting every part of these potential running mates' public lives, from ideology and policy to their whole vibe. And Harris has also showed a pretty fun side campaigning. She posted her playlist. She danced on the campaign trail. And, well, this is the beat. So, of course, we did have to ask her about music when we sat down in an earlier interview talking everything from a Parliament Funkadelic fan's perspective to a question asking her to complete the sentence... Kamala Harris is. My great regret on my Spotify list is I failed to put on one of my most favorite performers ever, Bootsy. Bootsy Collins. Of course. From P-Funk. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, because? Because I love Bootsy. I'm Bunkadelic. Are you kidding me? Kamala Harris is. Almost done with this interview. <laughs> Fact check, true. She finished that interview shortly thereafter. She's clearly kept busy, as you see. And we should note, after that aired, the legendary bassist Bootsy Collins responded, shouting her out right back, saying, that's my girl, end quote. So Harris clearly has Bootsy's vote of confidence. No one knows whether Joe Biden will be following suit. But this is an interesting and important time. Senator Harris.
as it stands, astride so many fault lines in the Democratic Party and America right now. The demands for diversity and power in this Trump era. A reckoning for a deeply cruel justice system. And then this atavistic debate over who can deliver fundamental change. The experienced people who know the system, who did the work, or new people with zero fidelity to the system's antiquated traditions. Well, if you watch this show, you may know this by now. When we do special reports or this backstory series, we don't try to resolve all these questions, let alone weigh in on who should be the running mate. But we are trying to raise them and look at them with the facts and the history so you can make up your own mind. Hey, I'm Ari Melman from MSNBC. You can see more of our videos right here, or better yet, subscribe to our YouTube channel below. You could have been anywhere in the world that you're here with us. We appreciate that. We are back on the prelude to the election edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And as I said before the break, we're going to be talking about a number of different things on tonight's show. And the first being uh, the Michigan primary that's coming up next Tuesday, August the 4th. And I hope everyone that is listening on tonight is, in fact, registered to vote. We have to make sure that we exercise our right, our constitutional right to vote. And uh, we're encouraging everyone that is listening under the sound of my voice to make sure that they do so this coming Tuesday, August the 4th. You have no excuse. No excuses. Everybody should be registered to vote. And let's go out and make our voices count. As we said in our commercial, this is Michigan's next opportunity to get things right in Washington. It is our voice and our vote. We want to make sure that it counts. Uh, you heard in the opening, uh, uh, the opening video, we were talking or shared with you a video uh, regarding, um, of course, uh, the big uh, presidential uh, race that we're going to be uh, voting on or deciding on, uh, in part on this coming Tuesday, August the fourth. Uh, most of it is a foregone conclusion. Much of it is a foregone conclusion. We already know the two top candidates are going. Who the top two candidates are going to be? Obviously, on the Republican side, it is uh, Donald Trump, and on the Democratic side, it is Joe Biden. He has won uh, the presumptive. You know, he is rather the presumptive Democratic nominee, and. Um, this is pretty much a formality uh, that will be taking place uh, on August the 4th. Uh, so two candidates are uh, pretty much uh, set there. Uh, you heard about, uh, you know, Kanye West throwing his hat into the race. But, of course, we're not taking him seriously. We've talked on uh, several shows prior to, though, that we should not uh, completely overlook him because uh, this could be a Republican strategy to try to take votes away from 
uh, the Democrats by uh, inserting this third candidate uh, and uh, as an independent uh, again uh, uh, Kanye has uh, you know somewhere over 29 something million Twitter followers and uh, just imagine if each one of them voted for him uh, what kind of chaotic mess that would be for Democrats uh, in August but uh, what we're saying in essence is that we do not believe that um, uh, Kanye West is going to make any headway uh, whatsoever in this election. I think pretty everyone everyone pretty much sees through this ruse uh, and uh, are are maintaining their focus on removing. Uh, this uh, clown from the White House in November. And this, again, is Michigan's first, uh, well, Michigan's next opportunity to get things right in Washington. Our first opportunity was back in March of this year. And uh, we did so in grand fashion and um, and did our part in making um, and pushing uh, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden to the forefront of the um, the Democratic uh, presidential race at that point. And now he is the presumptive Democratic nominee and will um, will ultimately go against Donald Trump. In November. And so that is where we are on the. As you heard in uh, the video or the audio uh, that uh, introed this uh, first segment for tonight's show, uh, we're talking about, of course, uh, the uh, headliner, uh, the headliner of this this August primary, which is Biden versus Trump. That's right, guys. And uh, in this particular audio clip, we were sharing with you um, the necessity for Joe Biden to have a black female vice president uh, as a running mate and uh, we're we're, uh, in support of that 100% I believe it is beyond time not just for a woman but a black woman uh, to be a running mate uh, for a vice presidential candidate uh, for um, you know 2020 and uh, Joe Biden, former Vice President Joe Biden, has already gone on the record and saying that uh, his vice presidential candidate uh, will be a woman and could, could possibly be a, a woman of color. And uh, there are four, I believe, uh, vice presidential uh, candidates that are of the black persuasion uh, that are currently vying for um this position at this point they are being vetted uh mayor of atlanta keisha lance bottoms is a vice presidential candidate uh on joe biden's short list also uh a rep- a congresswoman representative from, from florida val demings is another uh prominent uh, uh candidate on uh, sen- uh congress not congress but v- former vice president joe biden's short list for uh, uh, shortlist for uh, vice president and of course uh, Senator Kamala Harris of California is also on his shortlist uh, as well and uh, as of late Susan Rice uh, has risen in the ranks uh, a former national security advisor 
to former President Barack Obama, uh, she has now uh, become uh, one of the top uh, female, black female candidates uh, on former Vice President Joe Biden's short list of VPs for uh, this 2020 November election. So we are excited about uh, the black women that are, uh, you know, ranked and are vying for this uh, uh, this coveted uh, position as Vice President of the United States. Of course, you have uh, Senator uh, and former uh, presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren, who is also on that short list as well, and several other uh, Caucasian uh, women that are uh, on Joe Biden's short list. But I don't believe that he'll be making that announcement uh, until after the uh, the August 4th election, uh, but we are uh, paying very close attention to that as well. And I truly believe that um, it is definitely in his best interest uh, to pick a woman of color uh, to be his vice presidential candidate. And, uh, you know, I really think that, um, you know, this is what the country needs at this moment and at this time. Uh, it will be a great way, I think, to bring this country together to see uh, this happen. And, and the Democratic Party has always been that party that has done uh, something groundbreaking. And I think this would definitely be uh, the kind of thing that could change the trajectory of our nation uh, during this time. Uh, so I think, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm in 100% support of uh, a female vice uh, vice president and definitely a woman of color. And I think all of these candidates are worthy of this position. And so that is where we are on the national uh, stage, uh, being th that being the um, the highest profile uh, of the races uh, for the August primary. But of course, elections are not just about what happens uh, in Washington. They also it's also about what happens in uh, in the state and local races as well. Of course, there will be some congressional races that. Uh, uh, we want to make mention of and note during tonight's show, but of course, the state and local uh, officials that are running are just as important as well. Uh, we cannot overlook their their importance um, in uh, in in voting in August uh, this coming Tuesday. So we want to make mention of that fact. One of the uh, first races that we are going to mention are paying very close attention. And so you should be as well is uh, the Senate race between uh, current incumbent Gary Peters, a U.S. Senator for the state of Michigan, and uh, versus um, John James, Republican candidate for senator. And um, these two individuals are vying for that Senate seat. Uh, Gary Peters is the incumbent. And John James is um, attempting to unseat Gary Peters uh, in this upcoming election. So um, I again um, 
I'm behind and supporting uh, Senate Senator Gary Peters 100%. I think he is uh, has an excellent track record, uh, you know, uh, for the state of Michigan, uh, doing whatever he can to uh, support uh, black middle class families, middle class families, uh, in uh, you know, um, in making sure uh, that they get what they need and certainly um, you know I, I just I just believe that uh, you know Democrats as a whole are uh, are really behind uh, the middle class because this is a class that is dwindling uh, in this this day and time and we can see that happening and certainly uh, we need um, to make sure that uh, this the middle class continues on because it is the backbone of this country. Interesting story about Senator Gary Peters. I remember uh, several years ago, uh, my dad and I and my uh, son were marching uh, in the, I believe it was the 50th anniversary of Dr. King's march uh, in Detroit, down Woodward, uh, where he spoke, uh, gave the uh, first I Have a Dream speech uh, at Cobo Hall. And, um, you know, we're very excited to be a part of that march, uh, that historic march, uh, 50 uh, years commemorating that the anniversary of that historic march down Woodward Avenue, organized uh, by uh, some very distinguished Detroiters, uh, some of which included Reverend C.L. Franklin, one of Dr. King's close friends, and of course, the father of uh, Aretha Franklin iconic singer right here in the Motor City. Uh, but I remember walking in that march and we were coming back, uh, getting ready to go head back to our cars. And as we were walking, you know, we're getting a little bit tired. Uh, I think my son was complaining about the heat. It was a very hot day. And um, and so um, there was, uh, we, we waved, uh, waved down a cab and as the cab pulled up, there was a Caucasian gentleman that walked up alongside us and offered to share the cab with us. And the gentleman was, uh, you know, dressed very casually, uh, had a baseball cap on, very nice man. And um, he said, we sure will share the cab. And so he jumped in the front and the three of us got in the back uh, seat of the cab. And, you know, he struck up a very light conversation with us as we're driving. Driving up to our car and uh, you know in the back of my mind I was saying to myself he looks so familiar and had no idea who he was at the point at the moment uh, but he looked very familiar and it wasn't until uh, we got out of the car and um, and got back into our own vehicle that it dawned on me as I as he offered uh, to pay for uh, the cab for all of us that it was Senator Gary Peters, very humble, uh, uh, you know, very um, uh, generous individual, and uh, you know, uh, some some as a moment I won't ever forget, but I. Thought thought that was just um you know very kind of him to do that and i uh, wanted to share uh, that with you uh during tonight's show but again that is a race that we're certainly keeping our eye on uh for this coming august the 4th uh senator gary peters uh versus candidate republican candidate 
John James. Also, uh, in the 13th Congressional District, uh, we're keeping an eye on uh, the um, uh, incumbent uh, seat for Congress, and that is uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, uh, who is uh, running for a re-election. Uh, she is running against uh, City Council President, Detroit City Council President Brenda Jones. If you recall, uh, just uh, two years ago, uh, Council President Brenda Jones and Rashida Tlaib were both vying for uh, the uh, vacated seat of uh, former Congressman John Conyers, uh, who um, was uh, who reti- retired uh, and, of course, uh, died a few years ago, and um, and now they uh, Congressman um, Congresswoman Brenda, I'm sorry, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib uh, succeeded him, but before uh, she succeeded him, Brenda Jones won. Uh, the balance of his uh, of his term so she started she won and she won she 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 basically served out the uh, remainder of his last year uh, when when he it was um, going back to uh, when when that when it when it actually happened when his seat was vacated uh, they had a uh, election uh, I believe it was in August and Brenda Jones won uh, for the balance of the year but Rashida Tlaib actually in November she won well Rashida Tlaib won for the full term and Brenda Jones won for the balance of uh, his last term in office and so she served for the last what three or four months uh, that uh, Congressman Conyers was uh, was to serve in office, and then Rashida Tlaib actually won uh, for the the next full two years in office, and so here we are, uh, two years later, and she's now running for re-election, and so Brenda Jones is uh, running against her uh, in that for uh, uh, vying for that thirteenth congressional uh, seat here. Uh, we also have uh, Republican David Dudenhofer uh, and Al Limo uh, and and Linda Sawyer, three Republicans that are running for that 13th congressional uh, seat. More than likely, um, you know, this seat will go to a Democrat. And for what I understand, uh, whoever wins in August will more than likely carry that seat on uh, in November. Another seat that we're looking at for the 14th district is, uh, and, and that is the seat that that um, that the 14th district is uh, the uh, the Congress Congresswoman current Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence, who is uh, our Congresswoman uh, in Southfield, 14th district representing uh, representative in Congress, and uh, she uh, is running against Democrat. Terrence Morrison, um, he, and he's she's also running against uh, Republican Daryl Houston and Robert Vance Patrick, two Republicans that are trying to unseat her. She first elected. 
to Congress back in 2015. I think she's done an admirable job uh, in that office, and we're certainly um, behind her, supporting her 100%, and hoping that she will be successful in August as well as November. But we strongly encourage you to not just vote, but to be an educated voter, an educated voter. Guys, if you want to get information about who your candidate is and and uh, who's representing you and get information about their record, we recommend that you go to uh, the state's website, the uh, Secretary of State website, um, michigan.gov forward slash SOS. That's right. Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. Uh, that all the information is up and uh, up there for you to consume, up there for you to view. Uh, she has information about the August 4th, 2020 primary candidate listing, as well as the November 3rd, 2020 general election candidate listing. Click on those candidates there. And the great thing about the web is you can find out information about your candidates. You can even get their contact information, reach out to their offices. I I solely I, I strongly encourage you uh, to do your due diligence because it's one thing to just vote, but it's one thing to be an educated and informed voter. I think an educated and informed voter is an empowered voter, and that is the kind of voter that we're promoting right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. These are just a few of the uh, races that we're uh, that we're focusing on for uh, this coming August primary but again if you want to get more information about who your candidate is and want to get more information about who you uh, vote can vote for or who you need to vote for go to michigan.gov forward slash SOS the Secretary of State's website again has information and resources about candidates uh, that are running for the various offices and state federal state and local positions and we encourage you to take some time out of your day to visit uh, michigan.gov forward slash SOS. Another great website to look at is whenweallvote.org. Whenweallvote.org. You heard the commercial that we re- ran earlier about that. This is the uh, campaign, the national campaign that is chaired by former First Lady Michelle Obama. Uh, when We All Vote is a, a great website with great information uh, that you can go to. We talked about this a couple shows ago. Uh, it gives you information about uh, what what, uh, primaries that are taking place in states across the country. So if you want to know when your state is voting, uh, who you want to, who who you need to vote for, who you need to be, be, stand behind, uh, how to register to vote. There are so many resources on this website. We should, we want you to take full advantage of whenweallvote.org. I told you guys we're going to be talking voting, voting, voting. We need to do our due diligence and exercise our right to vote. Let's do our part. It's your voice. It's your vote. Make it count.
Well, guys, we're going to take our next break of the night. When we come back, we're getting right into our next story, talking about should schools open or should they stay closed? We want to give you our thoughts on the other side of the break. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. Minneapolis, Minnesota to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. in April. No one knew what the vice president was talking about there, what data he was going by as Arizona, Florida, and Texas are struggling to get anywhere near flattening their curves. Mike Pence also got back up from the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, who controls relief funding for school districts. 
It's not a matter of if schools should reopen, it's simply a matter of how. They must fully open and they must be fully operational. And how that happens is best left to education and community leaders. Late this afternoon, the White House had its turn to weigh in on the president's rejection of the CDC reopening guidelines. The president and the CDC clearly don't seem to be on the same page on what the guidance is. The CDC is very much on the same page as the president. They are on the same page. The president's routinely briefed about the coronavirus each and every day. Did the White House pressure the CDC to change public health guidelines that were reached in accordance with medical professionals because the president doesn't like them? No, not at all. What is it that the president thinks is too strict and too expensive and too impractical? One specific example I'll give you is on food services. Have children bring their own meals as feasible? Well, there are 22 million children in this country who depend on these meals at schools, who depend on access to nutrition in schools. So that's one example. So is that one thing that the president doesn't like? Is there anything else? Well, there, there are several. New York City school system, the nation's largest, has already announced its classes will be limited to only one to three days a week. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo says next month he'll announce New York's plan to reopen the schools, and he slammed the president for threatening to withhold funding. It doesn't work that way. It's not legal, it's not constitutional. And you're not going to bully New Yorkers. That's not going to happen, right? Uh, threaten me, threaten me, threaten me. How many times have we been through this? I'm still here, right? Do you think the threat is going to work? As all this unfolds, the administration's task force coordinator is now advising people living in those regions where the coronavirus is spiking to return to the White House original phase one recommendations. Asking the American people in those counties and in those states, in those states to not only use the face coverings, not going to bars, not going to indoor dining, but really not gathering in homes either and decreasing those gatherings back down to our phase one recommendation, which was 10 or less. So that by any other name is a form of reopening walk back. And then New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy just today ordered masks to be worn wherever people are gathered outside and where socially distancing is impossible. The governor of, of uh, I'm sorry, the mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, who has COVID-19, tonight signed a similar order for her city's residents. Meanwhile, the Tulsa City County Health Department director now says that Tulsa campaign rally the president held in late June, while poorly attended, quote, likely contributed to an increase, a spike they're having in coronavirus cases. Tulsa County in Oklahoma reported 261 confirmed new cases on Monday. That's a one-day record high. Another 206 cases on Tuesday. You'll recall several members of the president's advance staff also tested positive after that rally. The campaign insists it encourages masks and the use of hand sanitizer. Trump, as you may know, plans to hold his next rally on Saturday in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Opportunity to get things right 
in Washington. So we've got to do what we need to do and go to the polls and vote. Again, this uh, election is very, very critical. It's very crucial and uh, one that we should definitely uh, we should not take for granted. Uh, So make sure that you uh, go and exercise your constitutional right and vote and vote. That's right, guys. And we're continuing with our discussion on tonight, a prelude to the election. In this segment, we're talking about should schools open or should they remain closed? Of course, we know about the global pandemic that we are still currently in with COVID-19 and all of the cases, the new cases that have been coming up across the country uh, and uh, the enormous amounts of deaths that we have experienced Uh, as a nation and across the globe and that is why it's considered a global pandemic Uh, and you've heard you heard the uh, the news story as we opened this segment uh, coming out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue where Donald Trump is demanding that schools reopen Uh, that's right guys that schools reopen and what I cannot understand is how um, uh, schools are being forced to reopen and uh, you have uh, prisoners who are being released from prison uh, so that they can quarantine in uh, their own uh, in in their own homes uh, because of the spread of the COVID nineteen virus. I'm not understanding why uh, you know they want to put kids in schools and uh, in 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 close quarters with each other, but yet they're releasing prisoners to be quarantined uh, at home. Uh, another example of this is the Republican National Convention uh, decided to uh, uh, cancel uh, its uh, uh, convention for this year um, and but yet you have a Republican governor no not Republican governor you have a Republican president who is demanding that students go back to school and not just go back to school but face to face in person uh, education when uh, we are the one thing that has come out of uh, this pandemic is the rise of technology and what we are capable of because of technology and how uh, technology has uh, played a big role in us be, still being able to communicate with one another still being able to work still being able to get things done uh, even even while uh, many of us are at home uh, and some still yet at home. But technology has played a big part in that. And yet we have a president uh, in spite of uh, the CDC guidelines, in spite of, uh, you know, medical professionals uh, saying, uh, you know, that it is not uh, their recommendation that schools should reopen uh, in in in-person fashion, but they should uh, uh, move into uh, remote learning, uh, which is probably more 
feasible uh, for them to do. The technology is available. Schools across the country have laptops that they have given to their students uh, at the close of uh, this past school year. Students received uh, laptops as schools were uh, uh asked to close uh, early because of the pandemic and students were working uh, from home just as some of their parents were uh, in the midst of this pandemic and so I don't see any reason why this should not continue um, in that fashion that students should be able to learn remotely because uh, they have the technology to do so and I cannot understand why we have a president that is so short-sighted and uh well yeah i can because that is his nature uh he is self-centered selfish narcissistic and all of the other istics that go along with that so it is not surprising to hear him say that uh, schools should reopen um it but it is but it again in my mind and in my opinion is more evidence that there needs to be a change in washington the more he speaks, the more he talks, the less he says, the less he says of substance. And that is the reason why we need a change in Washington. Uh, Bessie DeVos, his education secretary, definitely needs to go with him. She is another billionaire uh, who uh, has selfish self-interest and does not really care about the well-being of the citizens that she has been uh, duty-bound to serve. And so this is where we are, guys. We have Republicans who seem to be tone-deaf when it comes to the needs and the, the concerns of the American people that they uh, have been elected to serve. And uh, we have to make a change in Washington. We have to be the ones uh, to make our voices heard. And again, to me, this is more evidence of that. But you've seen here lately, you know, Trump uh, throwing out these blanket threats that he would um, withhold federal funding from schools if they do not fully reopen uh, him and uh, Bessie DeVos have been uh, you know making these statements uh, in the media and on social media as well uh, and so um, you know it's really causing some concern by parents and uh, you know other uh, individuals uh, because uh, they're concerned about whether you know schools will be will get the funding from the federal government if uh, they decide not to reopen uh, as uh, the White House is recommending and pushing. Uh, but I, I ran across a, uh, I think, a very important article that I wanted to share with you to kind of educate our listeners on uh, the presidential powers and uh, what, uh, you know, he is able to. To do, according to the Washington Post, uh, the article is entitled "No Trump and DeVos Can't Withhold Funding from Schools Whenever They Want." Here's what they can do. 
No Trump and DeVos can't withhold funding from schools whenever they want. Here's what they can do. According to the Washington Post, Valerie Strauss says President Trump and Education Secretary Bessie DeVos have told public school districts that they must open fully for the 2020-21 school year during the coronavirus pandemic. And they threatened to withhold federal funding from school districts that don't. The threats, however, are largely just that. Threats without real teeth behind them. While presidents can, in some cases, legally withhold funding appropriated by Congress, they can't do it without notifying Congress and, in some cases, getting approval. Some have tried and been struck down by courts and divorce, has been held in contempt of court as education secretary for refusing to stop collecting loans from former students of a chain of for-profit colleges that closed. Uh, the, the article continues, Trump and DeVos, who often talk about the importance of local control of education, also have no authority to force schools to open at a particular time or in a specific way. And you've heard them say this in uh, the opening video. They're pushing for schools to reopen. And yet they're still giving uh, uh, giving uh or putting it, putting the onus on the schools to determine how they're going to open, and and uh, and so it, it seems a bit counterproductive if you're going to just simply force schools to reopen and you don't have a plan in place for them to fully reopen, and it's not even within your purview of of them. Uh, a purview of you of, of, of you being able to do so that is up to the local the state and local officials to make that determination it is not even in the hands of the federal government so um, you know none of this makes any sense much again uh, which much of which is no surprise to me uh, you know because you know you know 90% 99% of what uh, he has has done is uh, has been you know uh, for his own selfish benefit, self-centered, narcissistic, egotistical, maniacal, uh, racist, uh, sexist president, and um, and one that you know uh, will will go down in history, in my opinion, as the worst president to ever. Uh, sit in the Oval Office. I'm, I just, uh, I believe that wholeheartedly. He tweeted out uh, a couple weeks ago in Germany, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, and many other countries, schools are open with no problems. The Dems think it would be bad for them politically if U.S. schools open before the November election, but it's important for the children and families. Really. How important is it? And, and, and in what manner is it important? Is it more important for children and families to uh, to be put in an environment where they could very well get uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, and, you know, be negatively inf- impacted by that versus them uh, going to school to satisfy your selfish desires as president? I mean, I, you know, what it, I don't understand that. And and then he concludes the tweet by saying may cut off funding 
if not open but you don't even have the authority to do so that comes through and by an act of Congress funds have already been allocated for that reason and so you don't even have a say in the matter whatsoever I hope those are listening on tonight have gained a bit of confidence in this because much of what you've heard from him uh, in 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 now and in the past has caused many to wonder you know is he telling the truth is he right you know should we be concerned and I say no we should not that is not something that we should be concerned about because um, uh, the federal government does uh, subsidize school education funding and, and provide funding to schools but the larger the but uh, the large and large part most of the funding for schools comes from uh, state and local funding that is right guys comes from state and local funding so the federal government does contribute to education but the most but the majority of those funds come from state and local entities and some even private entities as well so our children are not in uh, danger our schools are not in danger of um, of being underfunded because they do not follow the wishes of Donald Trump in this particular instance so this again is just another uh, episode of uh, you know the uh, the uh, of um, failed presidential powers you know of him of his uh, failed attempts at trying to exact authority over an entity that he does not have authority over this is not a dictatorship uh, this is a democracy and there are other individuals there are other entities that are empowered to make these decisions and the president is not one of them again I think it's so very important that we be knowledgeable uh, and educated voters uh, when it comes to knowing what um, our rights and um, and our privileges are as citizens of this country. So uh, just wanted to share that story with you. Again, he does not have the authority to uh, to make those type of decisions. It comes through and by an act of Congress. Well, guys, I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback on what we have discussed thus far. Again, talking about the Michigan primaries uh, in the first segment, as well as should schools reopen? And uh, and I'm sure many of you have your opinions about that as well. Add us at TOL Radio Host MSN on Twitter and Instagram, or leave us a comment on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show guys we would love to hear from you or send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com a lot of ways to keep in touch with us we're going to take our next break of the night when we come back we're going to be sharing with you uh, more about what's going on in the world of sports now that we are uh, you know on the heels of this uh, global pandemic and how it has affected uh, the MLB B season NFL as well as the NBA when are these leads coming back we're going to talk more about that on the other side of the break it's the thinking out loud radio show we'll be right back
Don't, 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 don't touch that now. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Thinking Out Loud swag is here. T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. All-Pro football player Derek Mason on Jay-Z in the NFL. Jay-Z said, you know, we're past milling. Because Jay-Z, you may be past milling, but the guys that are still milling, the guys that are still fighting for injustice, they're not past milling. Everybody's screaming that, oh, Jay-Z's at the table now. We should be happy that one of us is at the table. Just because you're at the table doesn't mean we all eat the same. Poet and lyricist Ty Scott King on the culture of CHH. My brain is overloaded. Like, I think a lot of people are like, man, there's not really many people doing this. There are thousands of very amazing artists that are doing Christian hip-hop. I think about Aaron Cole. I think about Stephen Malcolm, who, if there's someone that could hear an interview and be like, I want to work with him, like, he would be a person that I, I would love to work with. He's just a phenomenal rapper, just really creative. Wande, she's another one that, uh, another artist that I had on my radio show. She is, um, Wande is maybe in her early 20s. She's doing a lot of stuff now with Reach Records and just really different, <laughs> really, um, going against the grain. Griff from Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell on what he does besides comedy. Yeah, yeah. Comedy is always my first my first job. Radio is my side job, but I just um, got a nonprofit. I've been working with other people's nonprofits for the last 30 years, um, and I just created my own nonprofit, 501c3, called the Process Success Foundation to deal with leadership. And basically, I'm just going to take a bunch of young men on field trips all around the world. And I can show you how during the NHL season that all basketball stadiums have ice on them with the hardwood over the ice. Once I show you those processes, then I can teach you the process forgiveness. I can teach you the process of love. I can teach you the process of being grateful. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. The 
Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Oh, how I have missed you. I knew I loved you, but now I know I like love you, love you. It's been so lonely without you. The months since you left have dragged by. When the NBA shut down in March amid coronavirus concerns, we didn't know when, if, or how we'd see the NBA again. We had to accept that we might not see James Harden punish somebody with his patented Eurostep, or see Anthony Davis punish somebody in the paint. Life without Dame punishing somebody on the pick and roll, it was too depressing to think about. It's Dame time! But our prayers have been answered, and the return of the NBA feels like welcoming back an old friend. And boy, do we have lots to catch up on. This will be the most unusual season in NBA history. And while the entire world has changed, the endless list of things we love about the NBA haven't changed at all. Kawhi's game and laugh are still as unnerving as ever. LeBron's legacy is still growing and his thirst for rings isn't at all satisfied. Giannis's wingspan can still cover planet Earth and good luck to any soul trying to guard this force of nature. Jason Tatum's fadeaway will still put anybody to sleep. So there's going to be a lot more players getting some much-needed rest. Zion gave us a taste of his greatness the 19 games he played in before the pandemic struck. And lucky for us, we get to experience his journey right along with him. Think we can all agree that 2020, up until this point, has been one big dumpster fire. But now there's a glimmer of hope. Our voices are being heard. And when it comes to the game and its players, our love is stronger than we ever knew. Well, guys, we are back and uh, we're continuing our discussion of the prelude to an election. That's right. August the 4th election is coming up in Michigan. It is Michigan's first opportunity to get things right in Washington. And we want you to make sure that you exercise your right to vote. We talked about that in the first segment discuss some of the Michigan primaries that we have our eyes and ears on, as well as uh, the vice presidential candidates that uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, who is the presumptive Democratic nominee for this coming November's election, uh, could very well pick 
as his running mate. And we talked about that in the last segment. Uh, or the earlier segment, I should say, the first segment of tonight's show. But in the last segment, we talked about should schools open, gave our thoughts about that as well. And does Trump have the ability to uh, withhold federal funding from schools? And we talked about that in the last segment. And share with you that uh, Donald Trump does not have the ability to withhold funding from uh, schools that is done by an act of Congress. And Congress has already allocated funds for schools for this upcoming school year. And so I don't think schools will have anything to worry about this coming uh, August when they are scheduled to reopen. And again, all um, all experts point to uh, them opening remotely and virtually. And, uh, and so they believe that this is the best approach, and so do I. I completely agree that uh, opening remotely is the way to go to avoid our young people being exposed to this growing coronavirus pandemic. Well, in this segment, we're going to be talking about the NBA and the MLB and the NFL, the sports leagues that are going to be opening up very soon. MLB baseball has already begun their season. And um, again, we are um, seeing sports slowly come back into play. It's taking some time. And quite frankly, we understand why it has taken time. Uh, athletes are looking at uh, their health. They're looking at their family's health and well-being. Uh, they're looking at a lot of different factors that are playing into coming back and, um, you know, participating in the sport and professionally. Of course, you're also seeing uh, these discussions taking place in the college ranks as well. I don't really think that college sports are going to be coming back because um, it just seems like more that's going uh, going into or, or more effort that's that's got to be that's got to go into that uh, than what is happening right now. Uh, just seems like things are moving very very slowly on that front. Uh, but it is our belief that they probably will not be coming back uh, in the fall, and uh, so we might not see college sports come back this year. I don't know. I'm just stating a point, uh, uh, stating a, a my opinion uh, of what uh, could very well be. But we opened the show uh, with audio from a good friend of ours, uh, sports journalist, uh, social activist in our own right, uh, Jamel, uh, Jamela Hill, uh, uh, who is a, a phenomenal writer and uh, thinker. Uh, so happy to know her and to call her a friend of ours. And she uh, has really been doing a phenomenal job, uh, you know, in this new role with the uh, Atlantic and uh, in in media, uh, generally speaking, uh, you know, now uh, doing some some some, uh, you know, um, interviews and, of course, with her podcast on her podcast on Spotify, Unbothered, uh, just a tremendous um, female voice uh, that we're very, very proud of. 
but she was giving a narration of uh, and around uh, the NBA and uh, and talking about it coming back. The NBA is supposed to be the NBA season is going to be starting back up. Uh, supposedly on July the 31st in Walt Disney. Right now, uh, they are in what is called a bubble. Uh, they're calling it a bubble because players are in one particular area in this resort together, and they've been that way uh, for some time now, uh, working out, and um, their families are there from what I understand. Uh, they've kind of been there quarantined together uh, in this uh, particular area of the country. Country, um, you know, trying to figure things out and on how they're going to return uh, to uh, the the game that we all love, basketball. Uh, they've been doing some very creative things uh, as a league. I uh, just uh, read somewhere, I believe it was in Newsweek. In Newsweek, NBA players allowed to wear Black Lives Matter messages on jerseys. That's right. NBA players allowed to wear Black Lives Matter messages on jerseys. I think that is a very creative way uh, to express what is going on in the country right now. I cannot think of a better way uh, to to really uh, express, um, you know, um, what is going on with police brutality, uh, the the uh, the tragic deaths of of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, whose killers have yet to be brought to justice, and certainly we're saying on tonight's show that this would definitely be a great day for the for her killers to be arrested. I hope someone that's listening on tonight that is able. Uh, to get that message out even more, uh, let let it be known that Breonna Taylor's killers need to be arrested. But again, the NBA is, um, according to Newsweek, the NBA has agreed that 29 social justice messages can be worn on players' jerseys when the season resumes on July 30th. The message ranging from Black Lives Matter and Power to the People to Say Their Names and I Can't Breathe will replace the players' names on the back of their shirts or jerseys for the first four days of play. I just think the NBA we lead, said Laker player Jared Dudley, who is in full support of NBA Commissioner Adam Silver's decision. He says, Adam Silver, to me, is the best. He's trying to make it right, trying to bring awareness front and center, he told the Los Angeles Times. And I agree with uh, Laker Jared Dudley. I think that Adam Silver uh, is uh, is a, a great NBA commissioner. Uh, he has his um, ear to the street, so to speak. And um, he's he knows what's going on around him. And not only knows what's going on around him, but one wants to uh, obviously do something about it. He wants to make sure that his league, the league that he represents, the league that he leads is uh, leading in the charge of social justice as well. Um, and, 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 I, and I applaud the NBA uh, for that. And of course, when you juxtapose, um, you know, what the NBA is doing uh, to what uh, the NFL uh, claims to be doing, uh, there was reports uh, earlier in July, I believe the first week in July, that the NFL in the first opening uh, week 
of the NFL would be opening each game with the Negro National Anthem. <laughs> and, of course, this is not a knock at all at this uh, iconic song that we love, the Negro National Anthem. But uh, for me, it just seems like, and, I'm, and this has been shared by many, many people, uh, that this seems to be so disingenuous, uh, uh, disin- uh, disingenuous and insincere, um, you know, uh, particularly by the NFL uh, to to do this, especially when you have players like Colin Kaepernick who uh, you know knelt, uh, you know, just two years ago, and um, you know. Uh, for police brutality and for um, you know social justice, and this young man still does not have a job in the league, and and yet uh, we're seeing you know the the NFL try to make some kind of uh, a gesture uh, towards social justice by you know saying we're going to play the Negro national anthem the first week in the first week of uh, the NFL. Uh, play. I, I just think that that is so uh, half, so half-hearted, and empty, in my opinion. And I'm and I'm not alone in that. Um, Jamel Jamela Hill uh, tweeted out uh, when she uh, when the, when this came out. Uh, ESPN t- uh, reported lift every voice and sing commonly known as the Black National Anthem is expected to be performed live or played before every week one NFL game. Sources told the undefeated Jamela Hill tweeted out the NFL only has three black coaches and two black GMs but this is what they came up with to let black folks know they care what in the Kente cloth on Capitol Hill is this I could not have said it any better myself. But again, these are the sentiments of not just Jamela Hill, but this has been the sentiments of many other individuals as well. Uh, This looks like an empty gesture and one that should not be taken seriously. Um, And and as a serious attempt at um, the NFL uh, making, um, you know, making some some kind of a sizable uh, gesture uh, towards social justice. And Black Lives Matter, the movement that uh, has really uh, moved to the forefront uh, during this, uh, the unfortunate death of George Floyd. And uh, again, uh, Ahmaud Arbery and Tamir Rice and Sandra Bland and Eric Garner and Fleo uh, Castillo and many, many others uh, who have uh, fallen uh, at the hands of uh, police brutality. And so, um, you know, when you juxtapose what the NFL is doing or trying or wants to do versus what the NBA is going to be doing, the, the, the leagues pale in comparison. I think Adam Silver is a much better commissioner of the NBA than uh, Roger Goodell is of the NFL. I think uh, Adam Silver has a better understanding of not just how to lead uh, the NBA, but also has a better understanding of uh, the men 
uh, that are playing the game. They have he has a better understanding of the culture of the NBA. He has a better understanding of his players uh, and wants to understand uh, them better than uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell. I think he's done a better job as a commissioner of the NBA than Commissioner Roger Goodell. Um, and so when you look at those two men and you look at what they're doing, you can see their polar opposites and you can see that in their leagues. And for me, um, slowly um, losing my interest in the NFL because of what is being done, not on the field, but off the field. Things really have to change for me uh, to be continue to be a consistent fan of the NFL. But I have to say that my interest has, has begun to grow uh, more and more in the NBA because of the things that they're doing, not just on the field or on the court, but off the court as well. We love to get your thoughts and feedback about what's going on in the world of sports. Again, add us at TOL Radio host MSN. Leave us a comment on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, we would love to hear from you. Well, guys, we're going to take our last break of the night. When we come back, we're going to give you our thought of the week. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Let's just think about that for a minute. What can actually happen when we all vote? For starters, the folks we elect will have to listen to us and do something about the issues we care about because we put them there. Take it from former First Lady Michelle Obama. When we all vote is what will really make the difference. I'm radio host Michael Nimmons, and August 4th is our next opportunity in Michigan to get things right in Washington. Let's take the time now and do our part. Vote August 4th. It's your voice, your vote. Make it count. Go to whenweallvote.org for more information. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're tuned in. To the thinking Ow. Loud Radio Show Giving voice to issues that matter to you Thinking Out Loud swag is here T-shirts, polos, hoodies, letterman's jackets, and even face masks. All priced affordably and in a variety of colors and sizes. Just visit michaelnimmons.com to purchase your favorite Thinking Out Loud radio show swag. Get yours today and rep the show out loud. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you... Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. 
Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. What's cracking planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. It's time, time, time for the Thinking Out Loud radio show thought, thought, thought of the week. During tonight's Start of the Week, we wanted to share with you a powerful excerpt from a sermon that was delivered from a man who has been on our show before, a dynamic, anointed servant of God, an intellectual and scholar, the pastor of Friendship West Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, none other than Dr. Frederick Douglas Haynes III. The message is entitled, Since We're Woke, We Might As Well Do the Work. Take a listen. I want to call your attention to Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 35. I'm going to read in your hearing from the Freddie Haynes remix of the Greek New Testament. No, you don't have it uh, on your phone. You don't have it in bookstores yet. But keep praying. Uh, we got something in the works. Uh, but Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 35, read from your translation along with me. It reads, Jesus took a road trip and got around, hitting up the hood, towns and villages. He taught in their worship slash community centers, announcing breaking news. It was the revolutionary good news about the kingdom of God. He even made house calls and healed broken people who couldn't afford health care because of their pre-existing conditions. When he saw the crowds in the community, it broke his heart. They were victimized by violence, drained, defeated, traumatized, and troubled like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his consecrated crew, this is a time of potential and peril. The harvest is ripe and plentiful, but we have a labor shortage. Y'all need to pray for the Lord of the harvest to hook up some hustlers to work the harvest. After enjoining them to pray, Jesus told, their, told them their prayers needed feet. Since y'all are woke, I need y'all to go to work. 
Jesus called his gospel gang and sent them to make a difference in the world. He authorized and gave them power to fight evil and heal the hurting. I want to put a tag on this text to get these people the line and too many are wasting their lives. Benched, self-benched on the sidelines. Call yourself a player but you're distracted by entanglements. We need the mentality of Mamba, Bron, and Maya. Do you get the hint? Those bars from Haynes, H to the A-Y-N-E-S, that's me. Simply remind all of us, my sisters and brothers, it is possible to self-bench ourselves on the sidelines. And we, in essence, are guilty of what Martin King declared in his last Sunday sermon, that we are sleeping through a great revolution. Perhaps your question is, how do I fit in? What can I do? How can I play a role in making a difference in this world? I, I share this with you, my sisters and brothers, because if we're not careful, we will convert the church into a cruise ship that is sinking instead of a battleship that is waging war against evil, injustice, sin, and oppression. I, I guess I'm simply saying the game is on the line. The game is on the line and too many of us have self-benched ourselves and we are on the sidelines instead of getting in the game and making a difference. That reminds me of that playoff game that occurred in, what was it, 1994. The Chicago Bulls were playing the New York Knicks in the semifinals. It's, it's, it's the semifinals and 1.8 seconds remain on the the clock. The game is on the line. Phil Jackson calls a timeout. Of course, Bulls fans know it's 1994. Michael Jordan is not playing for the Bulls. He had retired and was now playing baseball. And so Scottie Pippen was, of course, the leader of the team. If you saw what happened recently while watching the Bulls, the highlights from the last dance, you already know where I am going because with 1.8 seconds left on the clock, Phil calls a timeout. He designs a play, but the play calls for Tony Kukoc to take the last shot. It's not designed for Scottie Pippen, the all-star. It's not designed for Scottie Pippen, the future Hall of Famer. And y'all know what happened. Instead of getting in the game, with the game on the line, Scottie Pippen sat on the bench at the end of the bench. Here it is. The game was on the line, but he self-bitched himself. He was on the sidelines while the game was on the line. I'm parking here parenthetically because my sisters and brother Scottie Pippen chose to tap out when he was needed to step up. Scottie Pippen tapped out when the Bulls needed him because the game was on on the line. I'm hanging out here homiletically because I think all of us know the game is on the line. The game is on the line because we live in a world. Watch this.
this, where sadly a cold civil war has been declared on our community. Yes, on the one hand, it is a good time to be black because the world is now woke to white male supremacy and racial injustice that has precluded our possibilities at the same time a white lash is developing as they hear the leadership and words of their racist in chief who is using not a dog whistle but a foghorn and letting them know that it is okay to be white and wrong is a consequence here my sisters and brothers these words the game is on the line we can't self bench ourselves on the sidelines the game is on the line sadly because we are witnessing the unraveling of democracy right there in Portland or Oregon and coming soon to black communities near you are troopers that are being federal troops that have been sent by the racist in chief and they are going into cities like Portland and Chicago and even Albuquerque and watch what's happening. They are kidnapping protesters and without due process, without any kind of democratic due process, they are being taken off of the protest lines. I'm simply saying democracy is unraveling in this empire and as a consequence, the game is on the line. The game is on the line because in too many instances, violence is taking place in our own communities. Yes, in Chicago, we heard the horror, the horrific, hellified story of a, a funeral that was interrupted. The grief is interrupted by shooting. Over a dozen were shot and wounded during the shooting that took place as they were mourning the death of a loved one. The game is on the line as violence is taking place. Well, with that being the case, since the game is on the line and we find ourselves dealing with violence, I, I thought we would unpack this and look at it through the eyes. Here it is of uh, the wonderful classic Boys in the Hood that came from uh, the cinematic brilliance of the late John Singleton. John Singleton, you recall, tells the story of Trey Doughboy and Ricky. Trey Doughboy and Ricky grow up in South Central LA. This is a classic because even though it took place, here it is in the early 90s, it is still speaking a truth to what is going on today. There in South Central Los Angeles, you have Doughboy who succumbs to the violence. You have Ricky whose dreams of playing for U.S are aborted by the nightmare of violence. You have Trey who is blessed with a mother who loves him and teaches him and protects him and a father who is trying to grow 
him into being the man of responsibility that he should be. And his father sees himself doing two things on one level. He's trying to protect his son and nurture his son in a context of violence there in South Central. But at the same time, he is educating and enlightening his son and all who will listen, watch this to the war that's been declared on the community systemically. Y'all didn't get that on one level. We've got to deal with violence in the hood and then we've got to understand that the violence in the hood is rooted, here it is, in a white supremacist system attack on the hood. You see, that's why that scene where he takes Doughboy Trey as well as Ricky and others to Compton and he explains the war on the hood that results in gentrification, miseducation, economic exploitation, and social control through a policing system. That's what he's explaining. I guess he's giving them the language of a girl, Lauren Hill. Black rage is founded on blatant denial, squeezed economics, subsistence, survival, deafening silence, social control. Black rage is founded on wounds on the soul. He's explaining all of this because he wants them to understand before you fall prey to, to bringing up black on black violence. I think I'll stop right there because one of the things that is going on in our nation right now is to have the white lash too. Here it is, the black protest and, and the movement for black lives where whites have joined from all around the world and the conservative whites watch this, led by preachers such as John MacArthur and right here in Dallas, Ed Young and they have the unmitigated gall and the and the and, and the theological tenacity to argue that they are against Black Lives Matter because they can't handle certain principles. You even had a, a baseball player who refused to take a knee this week because he said he's such a Christian that he cannot bow to anything and he does not agree with everything that Black Lives Matter is about. Well, y'all tell them since they won't come to Friendship West what the truth is, the liberating truth is, and the liberating truth is that they are more concerned with what they don't agree with about, about Black Lives Matter than they are about the conditions that gave rise to Black Lives Matter. Does it not blow your mind that you will hear Ed Young Jr. talk about Black Lives Matter, but he won't have the theological truth and integrity to affirm and deal with police misconduct and violence. He does not deal with his white privilege that blinds him to what black people have got to deal with and have been dealing with for far too long. He doesn't want to deal with that. John MacArthur will attack Black Lives Matter, but he won't deal with white racism that is anti-black. He won't deal with that. Why? Because what they want to do is then shifted to talk about black on black crime. But guess what? They ain't the only ones. You got some black folk who are quick to talk about black on black crime. Can I help you out right quick? Understand.
understand this. It's really neighbor on neighbor crime because 85% of all white people who get killed get killed by other white people. When Hispanics get killed, they get killed by Hispanics. When Asians get killed, they get killed by Asians. So when black folk get killed, they get killed by black folk. So here's the deal. It's because of the segregated nature of the nation in which we live. And that segregation in a real sense says it's neighbor on neighbor violence, not not black on black. Here it is. You know why they won't say white on white crime, but they will say black on black crime because they don't mind pathologizing what black people do, but they won't pathologize when white people kill white people. Why? Because white supremacy even infects how we interpret crime that goes on in this nation. And so my sisters and brothers hear me well right now because Doughboy finds himself succumbing to violence. Ricky, his dream is kidnapped by the nightmare of violence and Trey is trying to grow up in spite of the violence. And that's the world in which we live right now. When the national anthem was played, they walked off the court because they were in essence saying what to black people is your national anthem what to black people who were brought here 400 years ago and have endured the most evil expression of enslavement in the history of humanity what to black people is your national anthem when your liberty and justice for all was meant to was meant only for liberty and justice for y'all what to black people is your national anthem when in the when in the aftermath of enslavement your homestead act it gave free land to those who were white who were moving out west but you gave but you didn't give 40 acres and a mule to black people what to black people is your national anthem when in the aftermath of reconstruction some 5,000 black folk got lynched what to black people is your national anthem when you had in your president's White House Woodrow Wilson show the racist film The Birth of a Nation would y'all tell Joe Biden to shut up if he doesn't know what he's talking about when he says the first racist president is Donald Trump where you must have forgotten about every president who owned slaves you must have forgotten about Theodore Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson and Richard Milhouse Nixon and Ronald Reagan. You must have forgotten every white American president whose policies violated our people. What to black people is your national anthem? You know what? I'll give it to you like this. We are authorized to make a difference. You know what authorization means? It means you have the authority from a higher power to make a difference because the power ain't from you it comes through you and once it does God will use you in such a way that those who came against you end up watching God elevate you and they can't do nothing about it yesterday and I'm done John Lewis had a memorial service in Troy Alabama oh hallelujah 
they, they used the convention center to send off the boy from Troy. Martin King called him. And do y'all know what happened? There in Troy, he was rejected by Troy State University. But Troy State University had to watch the boy from Troy receive the highest civilian honor and then get honored in a send-off in the very city that rejected him. But my main shout is when he came to Dallas and did his book signing here at Friendship West, his book was called Walk with the Wind, and he told me, and he Here's your shout right here that when he was 16 years old, he tried to get a library card in Troy, Alabama, and they rejected him. But he said, Pastor Haynes, I'm on my way to Troy for a book signing. And guess the first place I'm going? I'm going to the library because they've already told me they're going to give me a library card. All I'm trying to say, God will make your haters your elevators. God will make your enemies your footstools. But you've got to make up your mind that since you walk, we got to go to work. tonight's start of the week from none other than Dr. Frederick Douglas Haynes III, pastor of Friendship West Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. Since we're woke, we might as well do the work. And it was not just a spiritual message, but one we definitely can use in our natural lives as well. And I thought it was a great motivational tool for us as we get ready to go to the polls and vote in just a few days. I hope everyone in Michigan was listening because this is your motivation. This is your uh, speech for uh, this upcoming uh, August 4th primary. And I hope that you're now encouraged to go to the polls and vote. Thank you again for tuning in to tonight's show. I hope you enjoyed the discussion talking about the primaries and the local and state and federal races that we are keeping our eyes on, as well as uh, is Donald Trump, does he have the power to withhold federal funding from schools that do not reopen? We talked about that and discussed it, and I'm sure uh, you know by now that he does not have that authority. And of course, really the power is in the hands of the parents. Those of you who are listening and your parents, you you have the final say. You and I have the final say over where your child is going to be during this school year, whether they're going to be at home or whether they're going to be in school in person. And that decision is solely up to you. 
And of course, uh, we wanted to talk about what's happening in the sports world. I know many of you, including myself, miss sports and can't wait for sports to come back. But but again, we know uh, what we're up against. We know what uh, we're we're experiencing right now. And of course, the athletes are looking at their health. They're looking at their family's health. A lot of things to consider during this global pandemic, COVID-19. And so... Um, I am applauding the NBA for what they are doing for their players and especially during this Black Lives Matter moment that we are in history and uh, and just um, Adam Silver and his entire team for the work they are doing to uh, bring attention to what's going on in the world around us. And I hope you enjoy tonight's discussion. Well, guys, we're going to get ready to get out of here. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Remember to review and subscribe to the thinking out loud radio show your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web remember to follow us on all social media on facebook at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show on twitter and instagram at tol radio host msn send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com stop by our website check out what we have going on we've got swag that we have for sale merchandise we have books for sale we've got a blog you can read of course you can listen to all of our hundred and something podcasts that are listed right there on our website michaelnemons.com and again shouts out to everyone at the Detroit Praise Network we truly appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in to tonight's show well guys until next time always remember if you think it you can believe it if you can believe it you can see it if you can see it you can be it if you can be it you can achieve it the power rests within you the mind is the most powerful muscle in your body use what you got to get what you want the power is in you it's the thinking out loud radio show thanks for listening Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.